Spatulate means rounded, more or less like a spoon. Hello and welcome to this week's Urgent Bite, brought to you by the Royal New Zealand College of Urgent Care. My name is Guy Melrose and today we're taking a quick look at removal of corneal foreign bodies. Each year the college holds a skills weekend for registrars in which essential core clinical skills are taught and practised. This week David Sorrell, our Director of Clinical Training, was in the office starting the preparation of all the equipment required to make sure that any new equipment is ordered in plenty of time. While he was doing this, we got to chatting about one of the core skills, slit lamp examination. And this led me to learn of a slightly different way of removing a metallic foreign body that Dave has been using for some time. So, I thought I would ask him again, but this time with the podcast recorder running, in case any of you were, like me, unfamiliar. So it's a, a big welcome back to the podcast to our Director of Clinical Training, Dr. David Sorrell. Dave, welcome back. Thank you, and good afternoon. So we were uh, chatting earlier this week in the office. You were getting things ready for the Skills Weekend, which is um, coming up shortly. And you um, just casually mentioned to me, how do I hold the needle when removing corneal foreign bodies? And that turned into a discussion around the different ways of holding the, the needle. But then also you mentioned a little tip that you'd been taught which I hadn't come across, and I've subsequently found a, a clinical note in one of the journals that, um, that that demonstrates this. And as it was something I hadn't heard of, I thought it would be something that would be worth chatting about in case other people hadn't heard of it. So um, let's start initially with where our conversation started, which was your question to me was, how do you hold the needle when you are... Uh, removing a foreign body and my answer to you was I screw the the bevel bit onto a cotton bud and then I hold it sort of like a pencil but the advantage of having the cotton bud if it's a double-sided one is that you then have a cotton bud and the needle in one hand when um, when, when removing the foreign body so you've sort of got both tools that you might need in one in one go but you you've adopted recently a, a, a slightly different way of holding it and um, I was wondering if you could just talk about that so I adjusted my technique uh, I think it was five years ago based on a, a very good lecture at the um, Goodfellow Symposium by uh, Prof. Gray from ophthalmology, and he talked about a few things. And one of them is putting the needle on a small syringe uh, to allow you to hold it more comfortably and more dexterously. And so there's a big debate about what size syringe, one mil, three mil, or five mil. For me, the three mil is ideal because the one mil doesn't have a lower lock, so I can't be sure it's going to lock in. And the three mil is about the right size for my hands. So um, I used to use the cotton bud, but I just found that I didn't have ideal control anymore. That could be an aging thing for me. I know things have changed quite a lot in the last sort of 10 years. Uh, and so I, I'm putting the needle onto a syringe. And of course, 
there may be a huge debate uh, from our listeners about what size needle they use. When I have done a brief review this afternoon, the needle size ranges from a whopping 18 gauge to a tiny 30 gauge. I think a lot of people use the 23 gauge needle. Uh, and, and my personal preference after the lecture at, at Goodfellow was to change to the 20 gauge needle, which is, is moderately large. And it was based on a trick that was taught uh, from, from Prof Gray, which I know we want to talk about, and that's curving the needle. So instead of having a sharp needle, you take your um, 20 gauge needle and uh, slightly loosen it from its needle holder, and you curve the tip by bending the tip into the needle holder to create a spoon or um, I read a paper from an American ophthalmologist and they talk about spatulating it. So you curve the tip of the needle to make it into a, a spoon and you have it so that it's now no longer sharp. And I know Prof Gray showed that you have the needle and you can bounce it into your hand directly and it, it won't um, cut the cut skin as long as you've got the right the right way around. And so Obviously, you and I did have a look for papers that uh, looked into curving the needle, and I know you found one for me to look at as well. Yeah, so it, it made me think because I'd never come across that. I always just come in very shallowly from, from the side, and actually you sent me a link to the Geeky Meds YouTube um, video on this, and I, I do very much what they do. I kind of bring the, the needle in using my bare eyes until I'm quite close to the eye and then I put my eyes behind the slit lamp and can guide the last the last centimetre or so to the eye from there. But I, I'm very much coming at it from a very shallow um, angle, very, very lateral and um, looking to just bring the, the tip of the needle in behind the, the foreign body and, and gently lift it. But you uh, commented that by doing it this way, you, you were able to, like a spoon or, or a spatula, I guess, as, the, as that um, reference uh, alluded to, um, you, you feel you've got a little bit more um, security. And I guess that might be one of the concerns is that you might puncture the anterior chamber when you're doing this. And it certainly might be a concern that the patient might have if they see you coming towards you. And so, um, yeah, this... this um, was in the American Journal of Emergency Medicine 2012 by Harry Bayer and David Cherkus from the Department of ED at Mount Sinai um, in New York. And um, they described essentially what you've just described, but they use a, a needle holder to take the end of the syringe and, and to create this kind of spoon-like effect. Um, the reason I think they use that is they call it a sterile needle holder, um, thereby maintaining the sterility of the needle. But what you've described is you're using the sterile needle cap, um, so essentially achieving the same thing. Um, and they, they say that this gives the clinician better control over the procedure because you've got this kind of um, spoon-like effect. And um, they say it's much like a small shovel, um, and, uh, and, and it's quite good at then lifting the the foreign body off the the corneal surface tension as well at the end so you sort of take it out and lift it all in one go um they they don't quote any any papers here and or um any study they're just literally reporting it as a kind of a clinical uh, a clinical um note but um you've used this now for a while with success this technique 
Yeah, so the difference between what they describe, so they're, they're coming in perpendicular to the eye, which makes me exceptionally nervous. I still do use the shallow angle pretty much parallel to the eye, and I angle it based on the curve. So, you know, is it nasal side or is it temporal side? So you have to angle it better. Um, they look at a 23-gauge needle. Now, the thing is, to bend the tip of a 23-gauge needle, you cannot use the needle cap um, because it's too bendy. So I know I've fiddled with a few of these and tried it. And that's why the 20 gauge needle is, is the, the one to do because it's stiff enough so that you can bend the tip. And always under the direct vision of the slip lamp. Um, but like the Geeky Medox uh, talc um, states, I do like to look with my eyes, bring it into the view, check the bevels and the correct angle, and then go into the microscope before touching it. And obviously trying to keep the needle, needle sterile, which is, is a bit of a balancing act. Um, and especially if you have a little bit of a tremor like I do now, uh, you, you take it slowly. Yeah, the Geeky Meds is a good a good video that you sent, and we'll link to that in the show notes because it it's a, a, a very good systematic approach. Um, and I think that's part of the my, my approach is to try and be as systematic as possible because it definitely gives the patient some reassurance because you want them to sit calmly and understand exactly what's going on what you're doing and I think if you have better control over the needle using the syringe tip that you've just mentioned um, and you you come in um, calmly and in a, in a, in a nice kind of um, measured approach then you're going to have them sitting still and not flicking around and moving around which is always a difficult thing um, if they start blinking or they start moving or they anticipate that you're going to do something um, but yeah the important point you just mentioned was this is a slit lamp um, uh, thing to do and I, I, the idea of using a needle to remove a foreign body without a slit lamp gives me shivers I would I would I would hate to try and do that and when we were discussing before the only time that we remove a foreign object would be a subtarsal foreign body um, which you would use um, you know without the the you might use the slit lamp to help diagnose its presence but um, you don't necessarily need to remove it under the slit lamp um, itself yes and and that's the thing, the subtarsal foreign bodies. I don't know if you've ever had a subtarsal foreign body, but I was riding a motorbike when I got a subtarsal foreign body and um, I went into the local countdown, got some cotton buds uh, and a mirror and inverted my own eye to remove it from there. But I wouldn't attempt it. I don't think I could remove it from my own cornea, but subtarsally, um, that's why I, I keep a few cotton buds in the, in the sort of motorcycle glove box now. It's not very pleasant, especially if you have to wear glasses to see. So that does pose its own challenge to inverting your own um, tassel plate. So I guess the take home of our chat, what I learned from you was just putting that little bend in the spatulating, as you as you um, referred to it, uh, just gives the takes the direct pointiness of the needle away and creates more of, in my mind, I imagine. It's like a sand wedge. I'm playing more of a, a little scoopy sand wedge kind of uh, shot out of the bunker rather than a, than a, a javelin kind of um, needle point. And, um, and therefore, that will hopefully make it easier to remove. But you're, do you find it's easier to then remove the, the, any remaining rust uh, afterwards? Is it, is it better for sort of scooping that out as well? Yes, I, I think it definitely is. But I think we should also remember that often it has to bloat to the surface and so to give it 24 hours to soften 
and also consider does this really need to be removed and i think another key point from the prof gray was if the foreign body and the rust is directly within the visual access perhaps an ophthalmologist should be doing that because it will definitely affect their vision afterwards um, so if it's direct central vision rust is for the ophthalmologist and i don't try to it. but i will still remove the foreign body because that's very important hmm. Yeah, I tend not to like to dig too deep. I prefer nature to bring things to the surface. And as you say, if it is within that visual axis, I I, I tend to... Um, and, and we're fortunate here in the ACC makes it reasonably straightforward for um, people to be referred to ophthalmologists and or, or via the hospital system. It, it's quite straightforward. Um, but yeah, I tend to feel we're tempting fate if we go digging too centrally. Um, so, so yeah, the two things that I picked up from you was that perhaps my... Um, cotton bud method whilst has worked for me over the years perhaps I might get a little more control with with a syringe and a, something a little chunkier to hold on to and then the, the the bending of the needle tip might just make the um, scalloping of the of the foreign body a little bit easier to to remove um, although your caveat to the paper that we mentioned or the, the, the clinical case that we found is that they go in perpendicular whereas you still come in from the side and in, in that same yep. fashion that the geeky meds use great so thanks dave I, I learned something from you this week and hopefully the listeners may may have um, learned from this before but uh, if if there's nothing else that they take from this the the other take home is always use a slit lamp don't be tempted to to remove a foreign body without the slit lamp and um and yeah if you ride a motorbike carry some cotton buds in your in your bag my thanks to dave for talking to the podcast check out the show notes for links to the items discussed if you have any comments questions corrections or suggestions email podcast at rnzcuc.org.nz and we'll be back again next week with another podcast i look forward to seeing you all then but for now, thanks for listening.